is the last podcast of a year that everybody will be eager to forget. But hopefully you haven't forgotten us, your hosts, for the How Long to Beat podcast. It's Rick, Alex and Paula here as always. And before we get straight into the games we've beaten, played and retired, we've got a few quick announcements. So take it away, Alex. Yeah. So on the How Long to Beat forums, there is a gaming challenge that's been set up for 2021. So if people want to check that out, a few of us, we're going to let's just say loosely participate in this challenge. I'm not very good at keeping, I like doing these challenges, but it looks really This fun. is our plausible deniability when we do badly. Yeah, exactly, right? This is when at the end of the year, it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, I got five from the 50-some. Um, but it's a cool list and it has some interesting ideas. So you can check that out. Another thing um, is the Fantasy Critic League. Um, and so this is uh, a neat little thing. Um, Signups are going to be going until the end of 2020, which if you're listening to this means today. This is released on New Year's Eve. So if you didn't listen to this the day it released, well, look at you. You just, you missed out. <laughs> um, so yeah, you have until the end of today to sign up and the draft is going to take place at the beginning of 2021. Um, so you're going to need to be available to make some picks. Uh, and there's just, there's tons of information about this on the How Long to Beat forum thread you'll find it as like fantasy critic league and in the discord channel um, but we also have the reigning champ of 2019's fantasy critic league here and paul you want to tell us a little bit about this critic league <laughs> so the fantasy critic league is pretty much like you choose a list of games and depending on the score of that game you get you gain points you lose points and stuff like that at the middle of the year you can actually pick some other games that have been announced during the year and it's actually pretty fun because you have to compete and try to grab those games that you think are going to get the most points. And uh, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that I won because after Animal Crossing New Horizons got released, I kind of vanished from the league for a couple of months. And then I came back and I was like, oh my God, I have a stupid amount of points. That's, a, that's how you do it. You played the long game, right? You just waited it out and won it all. <laughs> <laughs> Because like uh, after um, the second round of picks was pretty much over, I was like, okay, let's see what other games are gonna get released. Oh, it's Age of Calamity. Oh, it's uh, Crash Bandicoot Four. Oh, uh, there's this other game. Uh, even if you get like a good lead at the start, you can still like uh, get surpassed by the other competitors if you don't do the second pick that's a good right. point um well sick i know i i think we're all going to be competing in it this year um that's which fun. should be pretty yep. fun um so hopefully we'll see some other folks from the forums in on that uh should we jump yeah in? oh yeah rick do you uh add? I, I, I was just gonna say just be just before we go if this is dropping on new year's eve as we're planning sign-ins end tonight if you're if you're listening on release so um don't delay sign up literally today um but yeah so so let's get straight into it if you want i'll i'll go first into what we've beaten because i've got the one that i think is probably going to prompt the most debate <laughs> oh no so, yeah i uh am the minority viewpoint certainly of the three of us here in thinking florence which alex reviewed and, and gave going plays last week is pretty shit actually I've, I've, my stance is even, my stance is even hardened versus when I actually first finished it. I'm just going to come straight out. It's not a game. It's an interactive comic, which is fine, which is fine. That's allowed and it's okay, but you lose nothing from watching a playthrough of that game. It's half an hour of okay graphics with a non-existent story. 
Well, I don't know if it's a and, non-existent story. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be. Like, it's a few vignettes that sort of touch on feelings. There's no narrative, not really. Well, I don't know. I mean, I that's, that that's hyperbolic. Actually, I'll I'll walk yeah. that one back. There is narrative, yeah. but you only just about get sort of the odd bit of it because there's no there's no meat to the pie. You you just sort of get the lightest hint of flavor at the top edge of things, and I get what they were going for with the the no dialogue situation. They sort of wanted that same emotional hit that you get from the first 10 minutes of up but it's not up it's just not yeah i mean and i don't go on. think i'm as hard on it just because like i don't think it's it's not trying to be some kind of life-changing thing it's just sort of portraying like a a pretty typical um you know emotional experience that many people will go through and so i think i think in that sense i was just sort of fine because i'm like oh yeah it's just like a nice sort of sweet look at um at relationships i mean spoilers you know what if you care about spoilers for Florence, which is like a 30-minute game, then... And you shouldn't, go by ahead. the way, but, but if you do... It's a romance, right? <laughs> like, it's essentially a young woman who's kind of, you know, fallen into the rut of life in her 20s, uh, I believe, which is, you know, which I related to intensely. Um, and then, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of that rut, and then, like, finding someone, finding sort of that passion in life, seeing how that sort of deteriorates, and then, you know allowing her to sort of discover things about herself and like some things that she enjoys and kind of like blossoming through that um, and sort of letting go of like past experiences, which I don't know. I just thought I was like, it's just kind of sweet. Like I like, I kind of liked that, that look in, at, at life and how like, you know, people who come in and out influence you in, in certain ways. And, you know, when they leave, sometimes what you have to do is just let them go. And then you sort of, you, but you still take things on from them. Right. So like, even when she lets go of this uh, this relationship, she like takes with her that like reigniting of her sort of artistic passion. Um, the one critique I might have is that like no way in hell she becomes a successful artist. That just doesn't happen. Speaking from the artist, um, <laughs> I always sort the of laugh. In you rather than yeah, the cynic in me is like, oh, maybe she takes up a nice hobby. But I'm like, oh, she became a successful <laughs> painter. All right, I'm like, <laughs> but it does happen. It does happen. That's that's the cynic part. What? Yeah, and, and credit where it's due, what little gameplay there is, mm-hmm. and I, my problem is that it don't need to interact with it. It's just not... You could watch the thing that we talked about with the speech bubbles and get the same thing. You don't need to be clicking it. You could watch the thing that's going on with the numbers. You don't lose anything from, from clicking it. That stuff was clever, but I just don't think it was sufficient to carry it that's because the, the overall narrative I got I didn't feel I was given any reason to care about either of the characters. I couldn't muster any kind of emotional connection for them whatsoever. Um, yeah, the, the experience just fell flat for me from, from every perspective. But I, I think the single biggest thing is just that I'm a, I'm a game player's king kind of guy. And, you know, it, it, not to the point that our VNs aren't a game because you're making interactive choices that do affect the way things go. Um, and I distinguish those from kinetic novels, but it's just what's there isn't enough for me personally. Yeah. Um, and and I think I ended up, I think I gave it a five, but I can see myself going back and dropping that to a four. I just really didn't click with it even slightly, um, yeah, which is a shame. But I, I, go on. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like, but that's fair. Like, I mean, I I get it. I can see where those like complaints come from. I I just found like. Because like I, I sort of see what you say, like where you could watch it, but I will say that 
I felt more engaged. For, for instance, when they move in together, you have to like take down some of her stuff and put up like his, and that I. I mean, it's adorable. Um, I love let me it. stop you though, because ten minutes later, when he moves back out, it's not the stuff that you put. Yeah, of course not, because it's, it's a whole years. different setup. Yeah, it's been, it's been years yeah I, I don't care. I don't feel like my decision had any impact whatsoever. Why the fuck am I invested? Yeah, yeah, um, but I don't know. Because if that had been the same stuff in the same place, it would have been like, oh. And I, I get what you're saying. Where, yeah. well, yeah, they have their own lives. Like they, they would have moved things around. I get that. <laughs> but that, that it just didn't resonate. That's fair. I mean, it maybe that would have been more effective if it was still like when you put it there. Like that's that's fair. Um, but Paula, sorry, you're gonna say something. Oh yeah. Uh, in my case, like I can resonate with pretty much any kind of storytelling um the thing i like about florence like in the gameplay department is that at the beginning the little interactions feel like a little bit like work because like you have to move the brush to brush your teeth you have to do the work and it shows like the routine and i feel like the fact that I, there's like this kind of gameplay segment that feels like work is because it's how it's trying to show you things from the side from the protagonist because like as someone as has dealt with mental health issues myself when you're not good with your life everything feels like you have to put extra effort on it to make it happen as but after the protagonist meets this guy and everything seems to be like okay you Everything like does itself pretty much, and I get what they were going for. It it, it just is that ultimately for me it didn't, no pun intended, work. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, fair. Uh, not not every game is for everyone. And to to put a nice neat bow on it, I I'm glad that I played it nevertheless because that will give me an appreciation then for games that do resonate and do do good things because I will have the the sort of look how much better it is than Florence. Sort of thing. <laughs> that turned into point. a backhander. It wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> but that... Actually, I, I have a comment later on the... This makes me appreciate better things now. Nice. But it's for later. For okay. later. Foreshadowing. We'll wait. But yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say too is like, you know, it, it is a bit of an experiment as a game, right? Like it, it, it is very mm. much sort of experimental. So it, it makes sense to me that there can be these diametrically kind of opposed takes on it, right? Because I think it's like, if this is very much a game where if it works, you're like, this is awesome. And I can see how if it doesn't, this would just be like, why the fuck did I just spend 40 minutes on this? You know what I mean? Like I Yeah, that, I, that's yeah. half an hour of my life that I can't get back. That's yeah. exactly where I was. Yeah, I can see that. All right, cool. <laughs> what was the, did you, uh, did you beat anything else this week? Kind of. I did another run of Monster Prom with friends of the podcast, Uwe and Dragon. Still didn't get a prom date, so third time's the charm. But uh, had a good time, nevertheless. It's still a really well-written game. And if you have friends that also have the game, you should absolutely nice. give it a whirl. Uh, but yeah, that, that's all day. the stuff that... Sorry? I said you'll get that prom date one day. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. probably be probably be like fifth or sixth time as it goes. <laughs> I, I keep doing so well and then right at the end just blow it um, with the stat rolls and everything else. But... It is what it is. It's, it's games. None of it really matters. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on quickly. What have you played and beaten this week, Alex? Yeah. So beaten, I beat um, I beat Night in the Woods. This is the you know the game of the month. It's the end of the month. Um, I had retired it uh, a long time ago, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember why. 
but I did. Um, and going back to it, I really enjoyed it. I do have some problems with it in terms of like some of the gameplay stuff. Now, I have seen some good comments on the the gameplay, the trippy moments that Paula talked about. So I'm going to I'm going to try to not be too spoilery because I know Rick you're going to take this on in the future here. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to yes. talk slightly generally about this. What I will say is that I, I have my little notebook, so I'm I'm following Paula's wisdom now and taking notes on the Example. games that I play so that I can remember <laughs> everything. Yeah, so the trippy bits in the game. I I recognize their purpose in the game. It has a, a solid connection to the story of the game. I just, I still hate it. I just hate it. You know, like even when I'm like, I know why I'm in these moments. I still don't want to be doing this. I recognize that this is an important connection to the story of the game, but I still don't want to be doing this. And I'm just like, yeah. Like, put it this way. There are sections in the game where you have to find musicians. And anyone who's played it knows what I'm talking about. And I just, why? Like, I just hate it so <laughs> much. It felt like it was like, and you know why I think I hated it? Because everything else was so compelling around it. I was like, stop. I just want to go talk to May's friends. Just let me go talk to her friends and learn more about the story. I don't want to do this part, um, which is a testament to the game's writing. Um, I, I grew up, which I think I've talked about a little bit on this, um, in like a very small town in, in Canada. And, um, our, our whole province is basically like an industry province in the sense of like, you know, there's the, um, there's the fisheries, there's like paper mills, like it's a bunch of factories and stuff. Um, and a lot of those factories have just been shut down. Right. Like, and, and fishing is just kind of gone, you know, like it's still a thing obviously, but it's owned by big corporations and like the fishermen make an okay living, but it's still pretty dangerous. And it's on the shadow of its former self kind of thing. Exactly. So like all of the unionization themes in this and like the whole fact that this is basically a mining town that has like, and also it, it just has this one train track that runs through it. And like, that is exactly what my town is. My town is a one train track town where like the train track just cuts through it. You hear the train every day. Um, like that is the town it is, you know, it's like, it was the town along the train track, you know, um, that had the workers there, but now there's no work. So what do you do in the town? <laughs> you know, yeah. why do you even live there? Um, unless you're going to work in the city or something. So I just, that resonated a lot with me. Like that, that like, feeling trapped in a, in a town sentiment. Um, I also found that like it had a really beautiful sort of like learning to communicate seemed to be like a big theme, at least in my playthrough. So if you go to the, um, the forum and the, the game of the month, I got the same ending as Nalb. I don't know if it's a silent K or not. I got the same ending as they did. So for people listening, if you want to know like what ending did, I, did Alex get, that's the one. And I really liked it. I thought it was, it was great. Um, and so there, are, there are multiple endings. I thought it was like a, there's a singular. I thought that, I thought that, that there were like multiple routes, but one ending. I think I so. I, I, well, here's the thing. I think there's one like main like ending ending. I think some of the discussion and some of the like dialogue can be a little different. I think the main the main uh, yeah. So like plot wise, is it, it kind of like the same? Huh? Is it kind of like the Walking Dead season one then, where it's almost like um like a two D muscle where it bulges out in the middle but comes to the same endpoint? Yes, more or less. I think so. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, because basically there are there are gameplay segments that you can do. Um, that will sacrifice other things, right? So like you can hang out with certain people and you won't be able to see the other person's um, thing. So I, I spent a lot of time with Bia. Um, I didn't spend a ton of time with Greg. I did spend some time and I spent some time with Angus. Um, 
my recommendation is there's a moment where you're allowed to hang out with Angus in this game. Uh, Rick and I say do it because it's a really touching moment in there. Um, what one specific moment? Yeah, it'll be really obvious though. It's it's telegraphed. I just okay. Think it's really okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, oh, the, did um, you see the stars? Sorry, what was that? Did, the did stars. you see the stars? Yes, that's the that's the moment I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but the other like the teacher with the teacher. Oh, with which one? With the teacher in the roof. On the roof. No, I don't think I did that one. I don't think... Well, if I did, it might have been when I played it the first time. Uh, where about in the game is it? Is it in the third chapter? No, you can do it, like, I think from the second one. Mm. Uh, it's every, like, every other day. No, no, I didn't you get that. You have, like, a little event. Didn't get that Yeah. There There's a ton of little events that you can miss in this. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um... But anyway, yeah, there's also an element to this game that I'm not going to talk about right now, but the ending might like conflict with some, like leave people conflicted a bit. I was at first like, what? But then I quite enjoyed it and I, th I think it really ties everything together. So yeah, I, I think this is an imperfect game that's extremely worth experiencing. Like it, it really, mm -hmm. it just hits on some very, very real serious like life stuff and just in a good way that might be my warning actually if you have any kind of like if you're in like a fragile like place yeah Paula. <laughs> yeah if you're like in a super fragile place you may want to skip this game from now because it touches on some very heavy subject that well depending on which fragile place you are <laughs> yeah. uh, it will either make you more fragile or maybe like give you a little nudge and that's what i think i actually wasn't planning to play this game at all and I, I my curiosity had definitely been piqued by some of the discussion around it which is mm. sort of what you want from a good game of a month you want mm -hmm. people to be interested by what comes out of it after the fact probably still wasn't interested enough to buy it but then epic went and gave it away for free and that's a price that i could i could sort of stretch to I, <laughs> yeah, I will so warn it, you, it's a little Florency. <laughs> There's not well, a ton of game. Too much, though. Yeah. I, listen, I, if you've actually got to do things and make decisions, I can fuck with that. Okay. And it, it looks like actually more of a game. And I, I do like stories and games. It's just a gameplay is king thing. Um, mm. It won't be until after Cyberpunk, so it's not going to be That's this good. side of the new year. But in the next sort of four to six weeks, I'm aiming to pick it up. So. Uh, once I finish Blasphemous, which we'll get to later, um, I've got a few sort of short but kind of big file size games on my mm. PC that I want to sort of smash out, clear up some SSD space. And once I've done that, one of the games that will then occupy that freed up space is going to be Night in the Woods. Nice. Yeah, I guess I should say it's not really like Florence, but just in the sense that it is, it is far more. It is slow. Yeah. Go on, back pedal. <laughs> but there's like gameplay sections like mm -hmm. the trippy stuff that i was i actually thought it was a little bit creepy and i was like oh, something's gonna jump at me <laughs> uh but there's like other optional little stuff that you can do that will satiate your hunger for gaming mm -hmm. for gameplay gaming itch is that what you mean there's an optional game on your computer that you can play that's just straight up like a roguelite and it's great <laughs> And there's oh, I think I've seen too. screenshots of that, actually. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway, Keep your eyes and ears peeled. Yeah, that's Night in the Woods. Highly recommend it. Go play it. <laughs>
the other game that I played, I played two other games this week, uh, is actually our how long to beat the game game of last week, which is Alien Storm. Of course it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it is good. Yeah, it's actually, it's good. Um, I played it on my Retroid yeah. Pocket 2. Um, I played the arcade version, uh, which I do recommend. It's gorgeous. It has like those, uh, it looks like like the creatures from like the thing, like John Carpenter-esque, like aliens. And they're like exploding mm-hmm. out of people and you have to like shoot them. It's, it's really neat because it's a beat-em-up. Uh, so like, you know, it's a side scroller, like beat-em-up, but then it'll like morph into a first person sort of shooter where you're like shooting like gallery shooter. Um, and then it'll turn into like a running shooter. So you're just like auto running and like you have to like move and like shoot stuff. Um, and it does that mm-hmm. in sort of each level. It like changes like that. Um, which is really cool. What I will say is hard as balls. Um, it clearly was a like a quarter gobbler because like, holy crap, uh, it's really fun to play emulated because you could just like press the select button to like load as infinite coins. And then every time you die, you just press start. And you just keep going. So like, I had no problem. You know, I probably died like so many times, but I beat it in like 40 minutes or something like that. Um, Honestly, you call yourself a gamer. Ugh. Yeah, I wasn't gonna spend my time. Trying to get that. I, I'm curious if it's more difficult or less on the Sega Genesis. They might have adjusted it a little bit. Uh, and the arcade, uh, honestly, in some of those like shooter segments, I was like, oh my god, I can't move my reticle fast enough to freaking kill the things that are coming at me. Um, I assume it would have been better with a joystick in the arcade. I, it's probably faster. Um, but I can just imagine, like, if anyone played this in the arcades, I would love to know how many quarters you have to sink into this damn thing just to get past the first friggin' stage. Because, <laughs> like, holy crap. Um, but, yeah, if you have, like, a, if, you, if you're emulating or whatever, really worth picking it up and playing it for just, like, an hour and just have some fun. It's a good time. Yeah, I'm making a note. Because I, I made a note last week and then promptly lost the sticky note, so I'm making I'm making a virtual note this time. This right. is what's nice about our how long to beat the games segment because we can just uh, you know get some new games. <laughs> and uh, the last yeah. one I'll go through yep. kind of quick here. Um, I beat Knights of the Old Republic to the Sith Lords. Um, you know, everyone always says shit like this is an unfinished game, and I feel like that's so unfair to Obsidian because. It's not unfinished. It's like maybe rushed, maybe. I I will give that. Like the ending of the game certainly feels a little bit like they're like, we don't have time for you to go do fucking side quest shit. You're going to go from one, 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 one until you get to the end, which honestly, I'm okay with that. (laughs) I was sort of like, yeah, I want to get to the end now. I I, I played the game. Um, And from what I understand from the restored... um, content mod a lot of it is dialogue the ending is not going to be different it is still the ending of the game right um if there was anything obsidian wanted to add to this game it's gone you know what i'm saying um so like um i'm just kind of like it's fine as it is in fact it was so enjoyable there were no bugs in my playthrough it worked perfectly um one time the loading screen just didn't load near the very end and i just had to restart but that was it and that shit happens in modern games more often than not so uh yeah rick's like rising eyebrows we're talking about cyberpunk later so noises. yeah that's exactly where my head yeah so i don't know i just if you're worried about playing this game because you've heard like oh it's unfinished or oh there's stuff lost please don't please play it it is such a phenomenal game it really deals with, it deals with the fact that the Jedi and the Sith are both assholes. Uh, and it's like, for like everyone who lives in the galaxy, they're just like, 
why are these people fighting and murdering us all the time? <laughs> it's just so, it's so excellent, right? Like it, it deals with the reality that like the concept of cutting oneself off from like emotions is like a terrible idea, which I've always thought is true. And I'm like, the Jedi have this horrible concept. Um, and so like, the game really deals with the grays. And so in fact, like you can get, you know, a gray Jedi robe in the game and it's really trying to hint at you where it's like, Hey, we're trying to like push you towards understanding the middle path in this. And they succeed in some ways. Unfortunately at the time, choices couldn't be so nuanced. Oftentimes it's pretty obvious that like, this is the good and this is the bad. <laughs> and even me playing as someone who wasn't trying to be like, a, like, Oh, Jedi, you just get light side points for just doing the good, the right thing. Um, which borderline isn't even that generous. It's just like kind of nice. So it's a shame they couldn't do a, 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 a like third game in this because the ending really beautifully sets up for like another game. Um, not in the sense where it feels unsatisfying. Like you do feel like your story comes to an end, but it really just hints at this, like Revan from the first game is still out there. And like, you, like, you know, like anyway, I'm not going to say what you end up doing, but um, yeah. Anyway, I love this game. This game is awesome. It was like a warm hug. Uh, it was just, it was just <laughs> fun. Um, it's a good time. It's works beautifully on the series X. If you haven't played either of these games, they're both like 10 bucks. They often go on sale for like five bucks. Pick them up on the on your Xbox. Play them. Have a good time. Uh, and that's all I got to say on that. What have you been playing, Paula? So I finished a couple of games. Uh, one of them was something I thought I would end up like finish up, uh, finishing like in early 2021. And it is... Tsukihime, or Moon Princess. And this one was a visual novel that a friend of mine has been, like, recommending me. He even installed it himself on my PC. <laughs> and, like, I am sorry for my friend, but <laughs> it didn't live up to expectations. And I actually investigated a little bit in the game because... There's, considering how the game was released, it is impressive for that time to an extent. Mm. But by today's standards, the story holds up, but the rest of the game falls way behind. So, Kikyo in particular is an adult doujin visual novel created by Typhoon. It is a doujin because it was made like more as a hobby. Like, you know how people sometimes like make comics or games or whatever, and they sell them like at uh, anime expos. Mm. Um, Tsukihime was a game a little bit like that. And that like, um, it was made by one author and one illustrator. And it got like several trial versions before the final release. And the mm. first preview was like, um, Comic at 56 in 1999, and like a certain amount of copies were distributed. And the next year, or later that year, another amount of copies were distributed. And then, like, even the initial release wasn't like the complete game, which is kind of weird. So they were um, a little bit ahead of their time then. Yeah, but 
Oh my god. <laughs> it kind of oh, makes sense. Boo. Sick <laughs> Oh my god. Really? <laughs> 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 Sorry, go no, on. No, you have to keep going. I have to pause a little bit. Oh, dear. Oh, that would break. <laughs> but yeah, like, it was distributed like in such a weird way. Even the final release was like, they ha- they released like a, a floppy disk with all the content of the game uh, later, like in 2001, 2002. Maybe I'm wrong with that. So take this with a grain of salt, but it shows in the sense that in the first couple of trials, not all the cast was like finished. Mm. And it shows in a way that when you go through the main game, you only you can only have like one of um, two character routes first and the others unlocked as you complete the other characters routes. But what happens is that there is like very little interaction between the characters themselves uh. which i guess okay it's it is technically well it is an error okay which in my opinion it shouldn't be because it takes away more than it adds to it sorry i'm just gonna I have to interrupt you for one second because i am a sad little boy who doesn't know a lot of these terms what is it a doujin first a doujin usually refers either like a comic manga little project that you do like as a hobby and are usually like distributor or sold during like events cool cool okay so it's so like an independent sort of hobby mm-hmm. thing cool like the game version yeah. of Z. Mm. it's kind of like an indie but not quite there yes but not like an independent it's just like a, a like individual or like hobbyists kind of putting it together right that's okay. cool cool okay. yeah very much any other term that I have to yeah, explain, actually? Okay, an Ero game is a game with sexual content. Oh, okay, okay. And explicit. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, okay. So what I'm saying is Gehime shouldn't be an Eroge because um, to put it like um, lightly, like it isn't those scenes aren't like neither well written nor add anything. Gotcha. Oh dear. And it takes you from the experience from the story. Mm-hmm. It's not like in other vision novels that you have like little romance sections that it kind of motivates the protagonists and stuff like that, or I don't know, are like nice. Mm-hmm. These scenes are nice. <laughs> They're clearly there for one reason and one reason only, basically, huh? Uh, very much, but um, if you get a hold of the, uh, what's its name, the fun made um, translation, the fun translation of the game, you might be able to skip those scenes. There's an option on it. I didn't find it. Mm. If you can find it. Good for you. Put yourself in the back, and you're gonna enjoy a beautiful game. Nice. Uh. So yeah, like since it released in parts, there's not much interaction between the other actors, and since it was like independently game- made, and 
uh, you can see how like the female characters has like a lot of love put into the design, the coloring, and the shading and everything. And the other characters, the male characters, don't get the same amount of love, uh, even if they're like the cool bad guy or the supposedly the best friend, which I don't know what kind of friend he is. I don't need enemies with that guy here. And um, pretty much like stuff like that. Uh, the protagonist, surprisingly, wasn't like um, a blank slate. He has kind of like his own personality, which was pretty nice because the most there's a lot of like indie games that have like a blank slate as a character that has less personality than a rice cracker. Yeah, and you're supposed to. And I'm happy to say that Cheeky does have some kind of personality, even if it shows more like a little bit later on the game. And the one thing that really put me off was the format of the text, because you usually have like these text boxes with the character name on it and very pretty. And I'm used to playing like well-made visual novels in the sense that the UI is pretty. So the bar was a little bit high on that one. But here it's like, uh, okay, you have your square, you have an image, either like the background with your character or whatever. And you have like words all over the screen. Okay. uh, Which can get kind of confusing if you don't pick up like the quirks from each character as they speak, which Mm. took me a solid two hours to get. What else? What else? What else? The, The story itself was actually pretty good. Like, and I think uh, that at the time, having like multiple endings per route was kind of visionary of sorts or wasn't like as common as it is today. Mm. So I have to give props to the game for that. Uh, the actual plot of the game, you're like, you play as Chiki, who is like, I'm gonna say a high school student that used to live at, at a mansion, but after an accident, um, he started seeing like these cracks on reality, and he had this feeling that at any time the world would collapse. Hmm. And he and the only reason he hasn't gone crazy yet is because this other character gave him a pair of glasses that allows him to see the world without the cracks and he kind of sees the dead of things and that is kind of like a very interesting point in the game Mm. and then you have this case of a serial killer on town oh this sounds like there's just Um, much going on can i I ask a question like this seems to me a little bit like a case of you had to be there ism you know, where it like it sounds kind of like of its moment in time sort of thing. Like the story yeah. sounds really interesting, right? But yeah. the delivery of it mm. kind of falls flat on for a mother audience. Yeah. In my uh, that's what I think. Yeah. Uh but the I actually went after finishing one true ending, mm. which by the way I died twice. And oh, that's the other thing that I really enjoyed. If you die or if you reach a bad end, 
usually die, but whatever. You have this little skit where one of the characters tells you what you think wrong and hints you how to progress further down the road. Oh, okay. And that was like pretty neat. Hmm. So what happened with Tsukihime is like, given the circumstances under which it was released, I don't feel that it reached its full potential. Because there's potential there, and the story is, I don't want to say like, uh, pretty good, but it's solid. And if you like, like, um, what's the word, like, Fate Zero, like, Tsukihime is like part of the same universe. Mm. And I think like some stuff that happens in Tsukihime actually explains stuff from Fate Zero or Fate whatever. It's like the original possible. Marvel Cinematic Universe right over here. Jesus. <laughs> Are you really Almost, a fan because there was read? another game before yeah. that. Of course there was. I didn't dig up on that. Uh, but it uh, seems that Tsukihime uh, put like Type Moon under the public lens. Yikes. And from there, from them, like, uh, from that point, uh, Type Moon started like releasing like bigger and better games. Hmm. Cool. Right. From what I understand. So if you want to, uh, if you think you can like put aside like the what's the word like your ethnicities, hmm. yeah, but like very much if, stuff, yeah. If, if you're a person that is able to appreciate a game, um, like for the time it was released in, <laughs> then by all means, just make sure to skip the. The erotic scenes get the nice. the patch version. <laughs> if you're not, there's other there's another way to experience Tsukihime. And there's actually a manga. And I read the first few chapters of the, of the manga. Mm. And so far it was pretty good. Nice. Hmm. There's no anime. Okay, there's an anime, but the fandom says that it doesn't exist because <laughs> it is bad. It is bad. The, read the manga. <laughs> So, if you want to experience this weird game that has that was released under under very weird circumstances, but um, it has a solid story and a solid lore, hmm. go for it. If not, and if you're curious about the lore, read the manga. If not, okay, you can skip it. Also, what was the other uh, big baddie you beat this week? Because I know you beat which, a big one, didn't you? <laughs> you beat like oh, an yeah. hour after we finished last week's recording, which was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> Message <laughs> ping through straight afterwards. I've done it! <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it would be, take me a little bit more, but I didn't realize that uh, what I needed was pretty much in a couple of battles that I could have access like anytime. Mm. <laughs> um, so, Harry Warriors, Age of Calamity, I finish it. Nice. I am happy. And I have my notes. So, <laughs> oh, even if it isn't a true prequel to uh, Breath of the Wild, people have and seen like, what the game is actually like and have uh, played the game will know that it isn't. Mm. It is more like a what if in a scenario. Uh, but I still enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed my time with it. It was fun. It was really fun watching like the champions that you only like get glimpses of in Breath of the Wild, like interact with each other and stuff. There were like a couple of scenes that were pretty funny because like you 
are able to read the journals of the different characters in Breath of the Wild. And there was like a little entry that said that Link was like a glutton and that he ate this rock thingy that the girls eat. And you actually see him. I'm like, Link, why? <laughs> well, I guess he's a glutton. He eats anything. Nice. So the, the gameplay itself was fantastic. Like, especially if you compare it like to other worlds games, you don't. Every single character, in my opinion, had like a very different moveset and it felt very different to play as. And you can go like uh, with any serious character or any of the joke characters that are, that are in the game. There's actually one joke character and I love it. And, it, and that character is actually pretty strong. And... So yeah, no two characters feel the same, and even like the same character with different weapon types feels different to play, which is nice. Um, that note, my favorite, my favorite characters to play as were Urbosa because she is strong, she is uh, very fast, and all the animations make her seem like super elegant and Link because he's the ultimate powerful powerhouse of the game. Uh, shout outs to other characters like Zelda, Rivali, Impa, and Nifa. Nifa, by the way, is the, the only healer of the game. And it's the first time I see a healer in a Musou game. Mm. At least from what I've played. I might be wrong. Uh, the music is 11 out of 10. Uh, and the one... I don't want to say problem, but the one thing I... Kinda wanted to see a little more of is the hooded figure that you see on trailers because you get to see him in action, but I feel like he had so much potential and I wanted to know more. That'd be the DLC, I'm sure, or maybe I, Breath of the Wild too. Think about it. Maybe that that would be yeah, nice. Probably. Also, uh, his voice actor knocked it out of the park. It was beautiful. By the way, I'm playing the game in English. And uh, the other, the returning voice actors were were like more comfortable in the roles, or at least it seems that way, because like the voice acting on Night of Calamity is so much better than Breath of the Wild. Mm. And even better than the Champions Ballad DLC. Hmm. So overall, fun gameplay and characters, a stellar soundtrack that goes perfectly with the action. The story is pretty divisive among the Zelda fandom. You don't want to go there. If you enjoy the game as it is, or if you don't, don't go into the sandstorm that is the Zelda fandom <laughs> uh, regarding uh, the story of the, of the game. My opinion was good in... I'm sorry. It That's is fine. true. I don't touch fandoms at all. <laughs> and I just sit in my little good. corner. You shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) But I respect anyone who loves that and wants to be a fan of things. (laughs) Please leave me alone. Don't give me any trouble. (laughs) Yeah. 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 When when there's like divisive things like in a fandom, I tend to stay out of it. I just grab my because I'm usually part of. (laughs) I'm usually the unpopular opinion type. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be here. Awesome. Uh, And. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, and um, oh, um, even if the story is divisive, there were like great moments, like mm. 
fearful, happy, creepy, whatever. Mm. And it delivers well each of the tones of the game. Mm. And I swear it went to dark places at some point and it was like, no. It sounds like an interesting um, game that I'll never play. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that. I know. I feel bad because I love Zelda, but I, most of games, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. But I'm there's, really only so, it. there's only so many times you can hit the same button. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess you can always like watch the scenes of you and you if you're like ever like. That's not a bad idea, actually. That is actually a good idea. But I just wanted to play it because I enjoy music games because they mm. you technically can just like especially uh, to everything, but there's like a level of strategy to do it faster and get like a better score. Mm. And the case of Breath of the Wild, it was just fun trying to min-max everything. No, I I totally recognize that they're an enjoyable game for many people. It's just for some mm-hmm. reason it, it doesn't hit it for me. Speaking of Breath of the Wild, if we use that to roll straight into what we're playing, because none of us have retired anything this week, Paula, tell us what have you been playing this week? Yeah, um, I've been crack hunting in Breath of the Wild. Oof, I uh, yeah, it's it's been a while right there. Uh, I actually got three hundred and eighty-eight cracks so far. And I got 108 hours so far in the game. Um, uh, we actually speedrun, try, or tried to speedrun the game like with my boyfriend on his birthday, and it went as well as you think. Well, uh, the other game I'm playing is called Realized Shirani no Kiseki. I'm three hours in, I'm three scenarios in. It is in Japanese, so it's gonna take a while. Nice. Um, I'm playing a game on Game Pass called Call of the Sea. I'll talk about that more next week because it's pretty short and I think it'll be beaten by then. Uh, still playing Grindstone. Pretty far into it. It's getting so hard. Um, still playing Hades. Still playing Kadelka. That's all for me. What about you, Rick? Yeah, my stuff's mostly the same as well. I've played some more Blasphemous. Thoughts haven't really changed from that. It's still fantastic. Um, ditto Cyberpunk. Ditto Drill Dozer. Ditto Rabbids Going Home. Ditto Reiki. Uh, the two newish ones, which I'll, I'll touch on. The first one is one uh, I picked up in the cellar game called Going Under. It's like a, a roguelike themed around sort of Silicon Valley startup sort of things. I've only really played the tutorial area, but it seems like a lot of fun so far. Hmm. Uh, and then the other one is Call of Duty 17 Black Ops 5 Cold War, to give it its proper title, which <laughs> I have a lot of friends that I play it with. So that's like my normie concession thing. Nice. Um, we've been playing a lot of the gunfight mode, which is sort of rounds of, of 2v2 and 3v3. It's a lot of fun, but it, I mean, it's Call of Duty. You know if it's for you or not. Um, it's very good. The spaz and the DMR are the way forward. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's everything I've been playing. Uh, and speaking of things we've been playing, I'm playing this year as a whole. Let's roll straight on through into our topic <laughs> this week, which being the last week and the last recording uh, of 2020 and recording number 10. So that's a nice wow. milestone for us. Round of yeah, applause. That's why we, we ran through our what we're playing because we want enough time to talk about <laughs> our, let's call these our How Long to Beat podcast awards <laughs> yeah i mean that feels a little bit too grandiose but let's go with that <laughs> <laughs> it's far uh, too grandiose. go on then kick us off let's start with our game of the year for 2020 and so this is the best game released in 2020 and so for me um i'm going to be honest with y'all didn't play a lot of games released in 2020 <laughs> this year <laughs> i did play some but there's a lot of the big games out there that i didn't play for instance i haven't beaten hades yet a lot of people are like that's best I like it, 
but I haven't beaten it, so I don't know if it's the best yet. Um, never played Ghost of Tsushima. There's a lot of games I haven't that. played, um, and I'm sure <laughs> I love it. So my game of the year for me is Last of Us Part Two, and I know a lot of people are like, "Last of Us Part Two, that's too long and shit." But I'm like, okay, it is a really goddamn good game. Like, regardless of like the divisiveness of it. It's just it's just well made. Um, and when I played it, there were times where I was like, yeah, this is a bit long. I want to get to the next part. But I never once was like, hmm, this game's not very well made. You know what I mean? Like it was like all of my nitpicks were more just like artistic um, or like personal sort of preference things. Uh, but in terms of like as a game, I was like, this is just so good. It just feels good. It just looks insane. And, okay, I also have to say, the fact that this game is playing on a PS4 and on a base PS4, no less, and I never, ever, ever had a single goddamn bug. Not a texture glitch, nothing. This game was literal perfection on my PS4, and I'm on, like, the base model. I'm not even on the slim, you know? <laughs> like, I'm on just this base thing, and I would have, like, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I just had doors that never looked like doors. They just, for all the texture packs were just always not working. Um, and so the fact that they did that, to me, just blows me away. So anyway, that's my game of the year. I don't know. Is it is it the best game this year? I don't know. But it's the best one that I played. Uh, who wants to go next? Hey, I'll go next because it's a nice roll in. My game of the year technically is 13 Sentinels, but we'll come to that later on. My game of the year for this specific category is actually Ghost of Tsushima, which mm. is a culmination of everything that games have been doing for the past years in terms of open worlds. And it, it definitely doesn't particularly do anything new. It doesn't really break a lot of ground, maybe a little bit in terms of the setting and the story, you could argue that. But in, in terms of the actual gameplay and the mechanics and the and the, the game structure. It's it's nothing you've not seen before. But it's put together in such a beautiful way. So much care has gone into how it builds in, into the way it, it does sort of checkpointing, into how they sort of have little foxes and birds to like come across your path and take you away from the it, it's what you talked about a few episodes about the um the hollow per minute thing. Yeah. Where it the world just begs to be experienced and explored. And it's always a sign of good open world where you will happily forego the main storyline for hours just to see whatever sort of pops up your path along the way. There was never a moment where that world wasn't a joy to experience and to exist in. Helps that the combat's great. Helps that the story is incredible. Uh, it, It feels like I say this every time I talk about the game, but... No game usually moves me to tears once, yet alone twice like this game did. This game made me feel shit. And I loved it. And anyone who has a PS4 or a PS5 should absolutely play this game. It is phenomenal. It's a beautiful capstone on on the end of the PS4's life cycle as sort of the console of the generation, as it were. I'm sort of laughing because I know myself. Like, if I had played this game this year, I'm sure I'd be like, just be like, we got the same one. <laughs> like, I already, like, <laughs> I just know myself. I'm like, that sounds like a game made for me, but I'm just waiting until I eventually get a PS5. I don't know why. I'm just like, well, I'll get it when it's cheap and play it later. Um, <laughs> Listen, that can be your best game you played in 2021 that exactly. wasn't released that year in 12 months' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Go on, that's me. Paula, what was your game of the year 2020? So a little bit of context, like I completed 33 games this year, Mm, 11 of which are visual novels, 
Two of them are pictures, and one is coloring pixels. So my follow-up game to choose from is <laughs> very, very small. Yeah, but I think for all of these, the caveat has to be we can't we can't say it if we haven't played it. Yeah, so if anyone's like, this was the best game, and I'm like, yeah, well, that sounds great, son. It I might be, it. yeah. Uh, sorry, keep going, Paula. <laughs> what I chose of my game of the year of 2020, I took into consideration also the context of 2020. 2020 was hell. So for me, like my happy place for months on end was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm. Because it's such like a cute, wholesome game that just lets you lose yourself in an isolated island and talk with little cute animals that are look like they're made out of felt and it is adorable. Mm. And given that this year hasn't been like a good year for pretty much anyone and we've been quarantined i've been able to still like kind of visit my friends in their little island over over the internet Uh, so in an isolated world it's and an isolated island it has brought people together in my opinion so that's why i chose it as game of the year um nice. you just when you were talking about your completions i i just realized i was like i wonder how many i beat this year lord <laughs> almighty 81 freaking games i'm like i've played too many games this year <laughs> i'm so that i think i've crossed triple figures i'll you... uh, i'll double check while we crack on i'm pretty certain i've hit 100 in your defense though 10 of those were part of the 10 milligram collection so 10 of them collectively took about two hours yeah you're right and, and then I... another yeah, I've beaten so many short games this year too because I did the Game Boy thing, which is like some of them are like two hour long games. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's let's go on to the next category then. So this is the best game you played in twenty twenty, not necessarily released this year. So for me, this one is uh, you know, I had a really hard time with this because a lot of the games I played this year were were good. Like I, I played very few bad games. Um, I didn't really play a lot of incredible like the greatest games ever kind of thing right but for me the one that i picked is, is actually hypnospace outlaw um oh uh, yeah yeah and that's I th- the 90s pc so internet one isn't it yeah 90s like early 2000s pc it's like you're you're sort of like a pc detective and like to be honest i used a guide for a lot of it because i was like oh, i don't know um uh because it can be a little obtuse but it was just such a phenomenal simulation and like environmental storytelling um, piece where like you really get to learn about people. And what was so cool is that, you know, sometimes in these games, you know, you're asked to go learn about somebody through like logs and journals and stuff. And you always, you sometimes feel like they're, they're giving you information that would never actually be written down, you know? Like, no one would really write this intricate of a thing. But in this game, it all actually makes sense because you're like, no, the stuff that's being written down is stuff that I've probably written on the internet or, like, in that day and age, people did do this. Like, it, 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 it actually felt genuine. It was like, no, this genuinely feels like something I could discover on the internet. And, um... You know, so I I don't know. I just, it's just so wonderful. And like, I do think it benefits if you've 
maybe lived through part of that era. Like I'm sure it makes you feel a little more warm and fuzzy, but I also think it could be a really cool tool if you didn't. And like, you want to learn more about that time. Right. And you're like, what was that like? I think it's a really neat uh, exploration. So that's mine. What about you, Rick? That's a great one. Mine. Um, and it's one I think I talked about in the podcast about seven or eight episodes back is a short hike, which I had to double check. It released in 2019. So we're good. And actually, while we're talking about completions, I checked while you were talking. Uh, I've completed 113 games this year, and it's not even finished yet. I know. 113, (laughs) that's perfect. Yeah, It's perfect for my hidden gem, which we'll come to, but we'll uh, we'll leave that for a second. Um, A short hike is just a wonderful, fuzzy experience. You reminded me a lot, Paula, of, of what I felt playing it when you were talking about your experience with Animal Crossing. It's just a beautiful sort of little chunk of space to spend a couple of hours in. Um, I played it like in two sittings. I couldn't put it down. I was playing it. In fact, I think that podcast episode I was late to or almost late to yeah. because I was playing a short hike. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I thought I remembered that, right? Yeah. It's wonderful. It's on PC and Switch. I don't really want to say anything more about it. The music's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I'll say about it. If you have a way of playing it, you must play it. It's like two hours long. Just do yourself a favor and thank me afterwards. Paula, what was your non twenty twenty game of the year of twenty twenty? I've actually, I've actually been thinking for a while. Like, uh, for a, for a moment, I was actually trying thinking about giving it to a Turk hike, but I still kind of rushed through the game. I didn't have, even if it is quite adorable, and the overall feeling of the game is like such a like it's a feel good kind of game. Um, 100%. I actually wanted to give the a shout out to Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. Hmm. That is an entry on the Professor Layton series, hmm. but you don't play as Herschel Layton, you play as allegedly her daughter, Catriel. And when I first picked up the game, I was a little bit apprehensive because, like, the second trilogy of the Layton games kind of went, like, places with their plots. Mm. So having Catrell, like, just start out the, the detective agency and her, like, looking for her father and just living each day solving mysteries and stuff was a little bit of a throwback to the other games not as emotionally powerful as the other games because my all-time favorite Layton has to be the one future or the lost future mm, absolutely i think it's but, it has a bunch of different names yeah Sorry. <laughs> it was lost future yeah. anyway yes yeah well if, even if that's my favorite Layton game Catrill uh, kind of went back to the roots of Layton, and that felt very good. It is a shame that the original Puzzle Master of the Layton series isn't here anymore, but mm. whoever picked up the uh, the spot, um, I, did, I think they did like a wonderful job in the Catrill's puzzles. Um, so that, like, it is 
uh, a very good game, very great puzzles. The story is lighter, I think, but I really like how you get to interact with a, a lot of characters, but in different situations because like time has been passing it as you solve different mysteries. And Catriel is just a lovable goofball. <laughs> like, she is great. And there's actually an anime hmm. uh, based on this game. I think it goes like a little bit farther down the story. I don't know if it, it's canon, but Catriel, Cat, it just make, made me love Catriel so much more because she's, she's just great. She's fun to... Hmm. She's fun to watch as she investigates and stuff. Yeah, I, I played the I played the first two Layton games this year. Um, it's it's nice to hear that they they like kind of maybe returning to form a little bit because um, I did hear the second trilogy was a little bit like okie dokie. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much how I felt about the second trilogy. To be honest, you've got the best one to come. Lost Future is absolutely the the highlight of the series. The first two are great. The third one's something else. Um, cool. Yeah, so long and short of his, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a long Thanks, way of saying the same thing, yeah. Um, why don't we move on to our next category? Uh, this yes. is the most underrated game slash hidden gem of 2020. So whichever one you decide to slot in there. Um, I, I, was, I was stuck between two here, uh, and this is my uh, cheap way of making sure I can mention them. Um, <laughs> I, I was stuck between Astro Boy Omega Factor on the Game Boy Advance, which is a great game, um, but ultimately I chose one that was actually released this year, and that's Paradise Killer, um, which I talked about recently. Yeah, the yes. detective game. Um, this game is so unique and so effectively does the investigation portion of like a detective game uh, in a way that I hadn't seen before. And it's, it really unfolds at your pace, right? And there's no, like, you don't have to go here, here, here. It's like, you have to just go through and discover everything that you possibly can. Um, and I think that that open approach to it is really effective. And it's one of those games that I just don't hear anyone talking about now. And I'm like, get this game it's great you know like if, if you like phoenix right you will love this game um hell if you just like kind of open world like sort of polygonal-ish graphics um vapor you know wave sort of style you're gonna love the shit out of this um it's kind of a nice partner piece to hypnospace outlaw i'd say actually um mm. like they they have a vibe that's similar um so yeah, I just I can't recommend that game enough, and I, I really feel like I don't think it's underrated. I think those who did rate it like loved it, um, but I do think it's a bit of a hidden gem because I just don't think a lot of people have been playing it, um, from what I can tell. So hop on that; yeah. it's on the Switch. One, yeah. One question I had, just based on on some of the coverage I've seen of it, does it feel sort of padded at all in terms of the open world? Because it seems like people's biggest criticism is just that there's a load of extraneous guff in and around the the mystery goodness sort of thing i um maybe a bit I, it's hard for me to sort of remember <laughs> i think i think my complaint was more just that like at a certain point you discover just about everything and then you're just like ah crap what's that last thing i need um that's more my my issue i don't think there's a lot of extraneous stuff um I don't know though. You kind of have to experience it to to sort of figure it out. It's not a perfect game, like I will say that. It's definitely not a perfect game, um, but it is different, 
and it is doing okay. something new. And I think that Wait. is why I, I, I forgive it some of its foibles, you know? Nice. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's on my Steam wish list. It was just a matter of curiosity. And mm. I suppose in terms of picking it up, it will just be a case of um, when the discount's good enough and I'm in a place where I want to play it. But yeah. that, that's the case with so many amazing games. This is the uh, the curse of the backlog. Um, right, my, <laughs> my hidden gem of 2020, and it certainly isn't a hidden gem if you've been listening to any episode <laughs> of this podcast, um, you already know what Let's it is. Let's all say it's it 13... together. 13 Sentinels. Oh, 13 Sentinels. <laughs> I guess you're in for the PS4. A masterpiece of our time. I cannot overstate how incredible this game is. And it's a story that could only be told in this medium. Um, Kamatani, the creative behind it, has done something incredible with the the way he's managed to weave 13 stories in together, make them all cohesive, make them all work however order however order what i english whatever <laughs> order you play them in whatever order you experience them in and also at the same time as, as having this incredible narrative adventure experience within uh, a proto rts combat system that is just a hell of a lot of fun to play it's just amazing all around one of the frustrating things trying to get people to understand just how good this game is is that it's almost an anything is spoilers situation yeah. where I just don't want to say anything about the story because the story needs to be experienced. And anything I tell you will diminish the the experience you eventually have. It's incredible. We won't see anything like it for a long time to come. We certainly haven't seen anything else like it to date. I, If it's not the best game I've ever played, it's certainly in the top two or three. Ironically enough, with a couple of other vanillaware games, but that, that's by the by. If you have a PS4 or a PS5, you must play this game. And again, you can you can do it whenever and, and thank me afterwards, but you have to play it. <laughs> For some I, reason, I feel like Rick is talking specifically to me and covering the <laughs> playing these That's games. all you, but you do need to get around to it. Super I'm going to do it. I have to give there i have my ps4 there i'm yet to find the cable but i know it's over there <laughs> so what listen your... exams schm exams just do it yeah just get her done um I, i'm glad yeah. i've escaped the wrath i'm just like oh i don't know a ps4 blah, 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 blah. all right <laughs> <laughs> listen listen One i'm day. picking oh, my back you're, you're next five. on the list Alex. Yeah, there you go um so <laughs> paula what's your hidden gem or underrated game for this one i went with a little kind of puzzle game called in Bento, like in Bento as in Bento Box. Oh, oh, in Bento. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's got that cute little art style, right? Like the... Yeah, that one, that third one. It is an adorable, adorable puzzle game in which you start playing like this um, mama cat that is like making a little Bento Box for her little kitten. And it kind of gives sense or a meaning to the progression of the difficulty because you start like the game first teaches you to put a, uh, a little bit of food on the vento box and then you have to put more food in the vento box and you have to you have this empty vento a set list of not only ingredients but steps and you have to reach like the 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 picture of the vento you're given you have to make the exact same bento but in very limited steps mm. and 
it has to be that amount of steps. And I'm looking at it now, is it? Do you do you get sort of specific shapes that you have to slot in in the right way to match the thing at the top? I'm I'm not yeah. exactly right. You get, okay, you like you get like blocks of wood in a specific like combination of sort, but you can also get these action blocks that, for example, will swap uh, the lower corner with the upper corner ingredient. Okay. It is difficult to explain, <laughs> but because it it, it is is I I don't think I ever play like any puzzle game that is like this. Cool. Um, it tells like a little heartwarming story to go with it. So <laughs> if you like puzzle games, you, if you like cute stuff, or if you just want to have like I don't know, you you don't feel good, you want to have something wholesome to look at. Inventor. Nice. It is adorable. Um, I, I, I am no exaggeration buying it right now. <laughs> nice. It, it's, oh, no. it's on the phone. It's two pounds. Uh, no reason why not. Yeah. yeah, no pressure, but that I'm going to be playing that soon. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, this will be another, like, comes back next week. This is the worst. <laughs> yeah. The I'm gameplay stinks. Uh, speaking of <laughs> gameplay that stinks. Um, moving on Ooh. to our next category. <laughs> I like that segue. That was a good segue, am I right? Um, that was this a great segue. The most segue. 2020 completion of 2020, um, aka the, yeah, game that you completed. Yeah, you somehow completed. I don't think it is shit. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have to, I have to admit, I didn't play any games this year that were shit. Like all the games I played were good, at least. Um, there was one game I played though that was disappointing, and I think that that's sort of which really isn't that what this year was. Um, just uh, if you're if you're being polite, then absolutely exactly. Uh, so my <laughs> game is is Signs of the uh, Sojourner. Um, this is a this is a card conversation game um, that released this year, and. It it had so much potential. Essentially, you were you're in this caravan, and you have to go out to get materials, and you're venturing to other places. And the way that you um, play the game is you have conversations with individuals, but you have conversation cards, and you have to match those cards to create successful conversations. Um, the reality is that the further you go out. Um, the more complex the conversations get or there's lingo that's like specific to a place and thus you're switching out your cards each time as you go. But you're bound to come to places where it's just not going to work. The reality is that the game is incredibly frustrating. Its systems do not actually function. Um, it functions to an extent, but the reality is that if you want to explore something and like I get what it's trying to sort of do, like it's trying to make a bit of a point about communication and how like, you know, the more you go out, the harder it is to communicate with those who stay home. Sure. But like as a game, it's not working. Like I can't I can't unlock a lot of the stories because you're forcing me to switch my cards every time. And so like some of the storylines that I want to follow, I just can't do it. So like. I don't know. I you could probably like study it really deeply and try to like figure out exactly how to do it, but I just ended up being really frustrated um because it felt like the game was like fighting me at every turn. It was like here's a thing you can do and then it was like but 
no, you can't do it that way. Ha ha ha. And you're like, ah, dude, what the hell? You're like introducing to me all these cool concepts and you have such a good core concept. Why do you keep like fucking it up on me? Um, so anyway, that's mine. What about you, Rick? But, uh, (laughs) mine, it was a bad game, but it's also sort of an excuse to talk about a really great collection. So I I mentioned it briefly earlier. I played a, a, a collection of, of games under the banner of 10 MG. Uh, so like 10 milligrams, but it stands for 10 minute games. And it was a really cool little pack on steam of short, roughly 10 minute experimental game experiences. And a few of us played it on the discord had slightly different opinions on what we did or didn't like about them. Uh, but we all agreed that it was a great collection. Generally, the one real low point for me of the 10 games uh, was a game called slasher interrupted, which pitches itself as a VN where you play someone telling a story at a campfire, but your friends keep interrupting your story and you have to try and adapt it to keep them happy. It was the one game in the collection that I felt suffered from being short Mm. because it it didn't give itself any breathing room. And actually sort of similarly to, to how I felt with Florence now that I think about it, just didn't really um, give you any, any way to invest in those characters. Didn't let you feel anything ended up just being quite disappointing and frustrating to play in the end so that was a shame but the the, the 10 milligram collection as a whole is fantastic it's like seven pounds ten dollars your regional equivalent for 10 games nice. seven of which i'd say are fantastic nine of which are good to great depending on your taste mm-hmm. um and, and particularly there's one called 10 milligram smiley face which is the first one in the collection and it's just a really great high point on which to start it's 10 minutes of pure ecstasy and joy and discovery <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to finish it on a positive note Good. Have a look at the collection. Maybe skip that one of the ten and, and enjoy the other nine. And what about you, Paula? Hey. Um, I don't think I played any games that were like bad. Or, well, there were like a couple of vision novels, but I retired them. Hmm. Uh, but I was early in the year in a in a point and click rampage, and one of them was Scream Legends: The Forsaken Bride. Being the first. One in the series of Grim Legends. It was rough, I remember. I think, like, generally, like, the games from that studio had sometimes this uncanny valley kind of art style. Um, especially, like, in the early games. But the Forsaken Bright kind of, like, put me off somehow because it was, like, it looks human, but it isn't. It looks somehow kind of human, but no. Uh, but what um, put me off the most was like uh, being the first one in the series, like a lot of stuff was experimental, I guess. So it shows so glad that the other games in the series actually like build up like in the gameplay because like in Green Legends, you I had to put like the thing that makes things glow if you don't see them on. Uh-huh. Because it was very, very difficult distinguishing anything you can, you can click from the background. Oh, I uh, it is a point and click so that we can have that. Mm. Yeah. That made me uh it was Sorry. good to have the option though. Mm. Oh, and I feel like this uh, I don't remember the story, and when I don't remember the story of the game, it's usually because I didn't care enough about the story. <laughs> so, yes, the end, it doesn't bode well. And it is the one point and click game that I played that is like, I have no recollection of playing it. 
I think my and I went to the side and I think I put it like a uh, seven. I think it, it is more like a six because it is like above average mm. or kind of meh. Mm. Uh, but the other games in the series are better. They do things better. They present the game more interestingly. Okay. It's just like this one. The the one that drops the ball. When you said retired, oh. I just realized I never looked through my retired list. And I realized now if I were going to say what my worst game was, Divinity Original Sin 2. Fuck that game. Fuck that game so much. Again. I hate that game. I hate that game. I hate it. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, but I hate that game. <laughs> I'm sure it's good on the computer, but I hate that game. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, that's my hot oh, take. Um, so let's let's go to our final category, which is your guilty pleasure or I played this way too much game of 2020. Um, for me, it is everything with the title Picross. <laughs> that is my guilty <laughs> pleasure. Mario Super Picross, Murder by Numbers, Picross 4. Oh my God, I spent way too much time playing Picross. Except I will say Murders by Numbers. That's a, that's a good game. But Picross 4 and Super Mario, or Mario Super Picross, whatever. I shouldn't have played Picross. it that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mario no, what is it? Mario no Super Picross. Not Picross. <laughs> yeah, that game. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Too much, too much. That, <laughs> anyway, that's me. I, I don't even want to know how many hours I put into Picross this year. It's it's too many hours. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Man? Man, mine mine for the past four or five years would have been Rocket League. Mm. This year, and it, it actually fell at a really good time with with furlough and the pandemic and everything else going on, uh, was Call of Duty Warzone. Mm. So I got crazy into that. As it happened, the friends that I usually play Rocket League with, plus a couple of other friends besides, uh, all got into it around the same time, and we all got into it hard. So... I mean, there there were weeks of the the first sort of March through June lockdown where I would spend the majority of my waking time playing that game with various friends. And it was really nice, actually, because it was a... Like, generally, as as guys, we don't just talk about our feelings. We have to be doing something, and then it just comes out naturally. And so it it was a really nice sort of support network to have going as well because we'd, we'd sort of play the game for a few hours and shoot the shit and just talk about what was going on with us and... And sort of communicate with each other and, and and be present and that was a really nice thing to have at that specific time that was then of course the gameplays <laughs> persisted and and I've, I've been playing warzone sort of semi-regularly for about nine months now and it, it's slightly becoming a problem um <laughs> but it is great and it is free and as i was saying with with cold war before it's Call of Duty. Like you're gonna know if you like that kind of game or not. And if you if you happen to be a young listener and you've not really played any of them yet, it's free. So provided you have the storage space, which isn't a given anymore. <laughs> no. Hot take. Anyway, but provide provided you have a big enough hard drive or SSD, there's no barrier to entry. Give it a try. See how you feel. Um, it's a blast. But yeah, that that's me. Nice, Paul. You what want about to you, take Paula? Yes, yeah, sir. So, like. Trying to decide on uh, any kind of I played this way too much or guilty pleasure. I know that Otome games in general for me like are like a guilty pleasure because they are a little bit difficult to recommend to most gamers because uh, you pretty much play as a female character in this visual novel. And romance is kind of the point of the game, even though some games have like uh, great stories that carry you to the plot and kind of makes the game more recommendable to other play to to other people that aren't like into Otomis in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
So my thought process was like, okay, let's change the question. Which Otome game? Not allowed. No, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh no. I'll, I'll leave it out. <laughs> like to find like the ultimate guilty pleasure of the year. Which Otome game I wouldn't want to get caught playing in public. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yep. like, that's good <laughs> I'll let you off because I'm more open like, about Otome games but uh, there's a couple of them that are for I don't want to say spicy but you know so <laughs> I had two them. options but it was the first one was Colorx Maris Unlimited but it is a fan disc so it is expectable to be more in the spicy side and the other one is Pio Fiore and I stick with Pio Fieri because it's like the base game. The story is amazing, in my opinion. I played a lot of visuals. But there are a couple of routes where if you're like in a public space, you may not want to be playing because of a couple of CGs. Uh, CGs is computer graphics chart, but for like the, um, what's the name? For the image you get. So dirty, dirty I I think that <laughs> of all of the atomic games I played this year, Pio Fury is like my guilty pleasure. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you, Shay. Jinx. What was I gonna say? Oh, right. So well, well there, there you go, everyone. That's our first How Long to Be Podcast Awards. Um, some great games. Will we do another one? Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we make it. <laughs> to another year <laughs> we can have a yeah, second annual many. yeah let's see um i mean we made it to 10 that's pretty great so what we'll do to end off today we have a quick question from let's talk about dune on the podcast forum who also makes all the intro and outro music that you hear i don't know if you ever actually said it on the podcast under his uh, artist name ian edward they ask what's the story behind your username I'll jump off because mine's real quick. Uh, my username <laughs> is Alex5101, which sounds so original. Um, <laughs> and believe it or not, that actually is a shortening of another username, which was Alex51011. It's very shortened. <laughs> and that comes from Neopets way in the day. <laughs> so when oh, I was, my Lord. Yeah, when I was a I young can't. kid, I, uh, I, I made a Neopets account and I wanted to be Alex, but couldn't be Alex. And one of the drop downs was <laughs> Alex51011. And it just stuck. Like it just stuck. You know, I just, I used it again and then I used it for another thing. And then I just used it for an email address. And then it, eventually I just dropped one of the ones. Became a thing, yeah. And it just became a thing. And then now I just had it. And I was like, well, whatever. I guess I could just keep it because, you know, it's fine. I, I It's like it connects me to my other like accounts. I have one other one that's Zoo <laughs> Funky Face. And that's my Xbox one. And that's actually because in high school, I had buds and they all had zoo and face in their names and they would pick something random in the middle. So all of us have a zoo something face uh, name. And I kind of just love that one. And so I still just have that for gaming and it's just sort of fun. Anyway, that's my username, Neopets. That's nice. I've still got three, so you go first, Paula. Yeah, go ahead, Paula. So um, actually, this is a question that I've got drawn to me when I was guest in, with the other podcast crew. Mm. And my username is Pokepal. Like Poke from um many people think like it's from the Pokemon. Delicious Thai dish. Oh, is it from Pokeballs? Okay, sorry, keep going. <laughs> I mean there's people that think that is like Poke like in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But it has the same root because at some point, I, w- I wanted to make a YouTube 
um, channel with like, but I couldn't decide on what kind of content I wanted to make. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do like little 10 minute, five minutes, at most 15 minute things. So I was like, okay, pocket, pocket. It is a little experience pocket size. Yeah. And the other part was po, like P A W, particularly because for some reason it is kind of like a play on my name because Paula. But most people, most English speaking people that I had a chance to talk to up until that point pronounce it more like Paula. Paula, mm, right. They say it like the English Paula. Yeah, gotcha. Right. Yeah. So it's truncated and then, yeah, yeah I'm with them. Uh, yeah. And also because like, Shit, I like I that. So my mouth. Sorry, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So like, and also I like cats. And for some reason, when I think of, of cats, I think of paw prints too. So like the logo was like this ball thing, but with like a pokeball like as the like at, as the center of the ball. And that used to be like my just my YouTube nickname. But then I uh, started using it everywhere. Nice. Uh, my YouTube is it is still there, but the videos have been either privated or deleted before anyone because gets excited. i have an image to take care of <laughs> <laughs> no, i hear you i hear you back in the day when it's like we can all make youtube accounts and you're like mm -mm. <laughs> yeah and then suddenly you don't want those things to be visible anymore why don't you uh, uh finish us off there rick what about you so on the forums i am ninja rick which is mainly because when I was 12, I thought ninjas were cool. And <laughs> no. like, like both of you, once, once the name becomes a name, then you start using it in a few places. You're sort of stuck with it a little bit. So that's where that was. Um, and then very briefly on the Discord, I was called Brother Hammer, which came from um, a list of translations of the Chinese names of Marvel's Avengers characters. And that was the, the, the way that their name of Thor translated back into English. And I sort of loved that. And I took that on for a little bit. And then at the moment on the Discord, I am Big Rick Energy, which is a, a play on words of the, the the common, now common sort of slang term, Big Dick Energy, which means someone that's so confident they must have a giant penis. <laughs> and, and of course, the, the Rick flows beautifully into that. So that's where that came oh. from. And that's where we are. Nice. So there there was a second username that I use in very few places, more like in artsy places or what you or the that dark hole called Debinart. And my other uh, nickname is Elizabeth Little. And that is a play on my own name because uh, Paula Caras means small, so little. And my second name is Isabella, that is Italian for Elizabeth. So I flip them around and then you have Elizabeth Little. Little. Oh, Interesting. Cool. That's cute. I like that. Nice. nice. Well, Should we round this all up then? Yeah. Thanks uh, for that question. Let's talk about doing. Now you all know a little bit more about our twelve-year-old minds. Um, and <laughs> let's go into. Or I guess we'll do a later. Uh, let's go into everyone's favorite game. How long to beat? How long to beat the game? The game. Nice. Big game post. Yeah. <laughs> Which will never happen. <laughs> like you said no, every week. No. It's just a running joke. Now we'll exactly. fix it in post, but we actually won't. All right. Here we go. Deal with it. The random game of the week is. Dead or Alive 2, speaking of sexy games. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dead or Alive Amazing. 2. I um... genuinely 
have no idea. No, me neither. I'm uh, I'm going to go back to the classic strategy, which is hope all three are sort of short and gamble on six hours, seven hours, eight hours for main, main plus and 100%. So that's what I'm going to do. I don't feel confident on the completionist of this because I just don't feel confident on that. So I'm genuinely just going to do, I think I'm going to do seven and eight. Yeah, I'm going to do seven for main, eight for main plus. Because that gives us, because I think we, we, so for the listeners, we changed the rules a little bit so that you have a three hour grace period if you choose two of them. Yeah, two is, two is three hour either way instead of two hours either mm-hmm. way. Yeah. What do you think, Paula? What do you got? Trying to think. I actually investigated a bit and the game is from 1999 or 2000. I'm trying to guesstimate here because I feel like if there is a main campaign, or if there's like something that's just main, it's like passing whatever campaign with one character. So I'm trying to think, and I think that it is. Oh, but it was also an arcade game. So I think it is like about two hours for just main, and main plus is more, given that there's a more or less big amount of characters, I think that for main plus is. Seven or eight. I'm going to stick with seven. The lower end, because it is a really, really old game. You know what? So to be check. comfy, I'm going to do five for main. Just to steal Paula's idea. <laughs> I'll do five for main, but I'll stick with eight. For Interesting. Main yeah. Did you say five main. hours for main, Paula? Not two, sorry. Um, oh, no, I'm going to say three for main okay. and seven for main plus. All right. All right. I am... check, check you're happy with those times as they're written. And I then we'll... am scared. Let's I'm do it. Or at least happy enough for us to move ahead anyway. Here we go. <laughs> um, Here we go. So... We suck always. Holy crap. Okay. I think, we, I think, Paula, you might be the only one who did this. So main story is 46 minutes. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Main plus extras is four and a half hours. Completion is 17 hours. I think, Paula, you did it because you had seven, right? Um, Four and a half. Yeah, new rule. She's just squeezed in on both of them. Oh, does she? Because that's four is... Yeah. Yeah, that's three hours. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, four and a half. Four and a half to seven, yeah. Yeah. So Paula's actually... She's gaming on us. She's got three more points. Actually, I like that. That's excellent because that means the standings now are 15 Alex, 15 Rick, and uh, nine Paula. So she's she's climbing on up. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening to this final episode of How Long to Be Podcast for 2020. We'll be back same time on Thursday next, next year. week. <laughs> then, yeah, next year. Uh, same time next year. That's it. Toodles. All the best.